Welcome to the Ridley College Chapel podcast. Our mission is to equip men and women for God's mission in a rapidly changing and increasingly complex world. For more information, visit ridley.edu.au. I have a question for you. Why uncomfortable to talk about money in our congregations? I involved or planning to participate in some sort of Christian ministry. Working in ministry is donation-based provision. It's very similar to Paul's situation. Most of the churches in our days is limited in financial resources. Even ministers' payment for not salary because it's ministry to God. So it's very peculiar position. Some churches cannot provide equal, equally to full-time salary. So the ministers is required to work in chaplaincy or hospital or somewhere else. Missionaries among us, even in, even in a war situation, because they have to raise their own funds. So, in this situation, if we are afraid to talk about money, we might not get, we might get hungry. What do you think? So, therefore, suggest to stop, to look, and to go. So let's stop. Stop be afraid. Why we feel uncomfortable about talking? I found that we're not comfortable to feel begging. Let's all approach this. Please look with me in the verse 14. good for you to share in my troubles. In verse 15, Philippians, you indeed, you indeed know that no churches share with me in giving and receiving except you alone. 16, you sent me help for my need more than once. So Paul discussed his finances, actually his struggles with Philippines. Notice that almost it doesn't, even if he talks about his needs, it doesn't seem like he is begging. So what is about that? Paul sees his giving and receiving as a call, as a ministry. He sees it from the spiritual perspective. Of fundraising as a necessity or unpleasant activities to support spiritual things. Or we may believe that fundraising reflects our failure to plan or to trust enough God that he will provide. But from Paul's perspective, talking about money is first and foremost a form of ministry. Paul 
phrasing as essential part of his ministry. To raise funds is to offer people a chance to invest what they have in work of God. Whether they much or little, it's not that important as a possibility to making their money available to God. Paul gives them opportunity to participate with him in the mission. The Paul's mission was huge, amazing, to evangelize all world. Evangelios, the gospel, many times in this little letter, nine times in four chapters. So fundraising is precisely opposite to begging. When we seek to raise the funds, we are not saying, please, could you help us out? Lately, it's been hard for us. <laughs> Larry, we have a vision, and it's amazing. It's exciting. What in you? to invest yourself through the resources that God gives you, your energy, your prayer, and your finances. Our invitations need to be clear and confident. Because this call comes for both. We seek the fun and for who is giving the fund. Wherever we are asking for money or give money, we are drawing together. It's about to do amazing and beautiful things in our collaboration. So, we need to stop being friends. And we need to look. We need to see fundraising from different perspectives. If we come back from, from asking money and we feel exhausted and somehow tamed by unspiritual activity, there is something wrong with us. Not let ourselves be tricked into thinking that taking money is only secure activity. The form of ministry, fundraising, as spiritual, as a sermon, as a time of prayer, as a visiting sick or feeding the hungry. Are we willing to set aside our fears? Anxiety, anxiety, humiliation, feeling of humiliation. When someone say no, no, I'm not going to participate in your project. When we feel free from anxiety, we can love this person and think why they, they say no. Maybe they need this fund somewhere else. Maybe they're not ready. 
to be committed. So stop your pride. The second reason I found that we feel uncomfortable to talk about money is lays deep, deep inside of our heart. Careful within us how we relate to the money. Security is a, such a deep human need. We may misplace our trust in people or things which can offer not real security. Our security needs to be in God and Him alone. Then we will ask for money. When we not depend on Him, we will be free. So I offer you free self-diagnosed tool. This tool called Why Not? Not you ready. The test is called like that. When you're jealous of rich, when you envy of their money, not ready, you're not free, when you anger towards them, when you say in yourself, I'm not sure that they made this money in an honest way. Each people make us jealous or angry. We reveal that money, in some way, is still our master. And that, therefore, we are not ready to ask for them. If we ask for money from the people who have money, we have to love them. Worry about money. Rather, we worry about how our invitation and our relationship will develop them, make them closer to God. Let's look at how Paul's love Philippians. Verse 17. He says, not that I desire your gift. That I desire is that more to be credited for your account. So he think about them before himself. Paul expressed his affection towards Philippians, saying, it's in chapter 1-7. I have you in my heart. He also called them into 12. My dear friends, and also he said in 4.1, my joy and crown. That's really impressive. If you translate this to the modern nurse's language, it will be, my darling. The matter in our heart. And what we love. Stop being afraid 
and look on our understanding and on our hearts. And this one is sometimes we don't know how to do it, really. Take to create this friendship, partnership, like Paul did. The letter of Paul, of Paul to Philippians, showed how Paul worked on his relationships with the Church of Philippi. He shows affection, as we see before. He reports to them, provides assurance that their gift is making a real difference. Have a look at the verse 18. And even more. Verse 18 we read, just imagine this letter being read like we done on last Wednesday. Public reading when everyone's come together. At the end of the letter, he said that their gifts is like fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. And the God will meet your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Such beautiful words ringing like a bell in their ears at the end of the letter. And they, he reminds them that these blessings will be forever. Can see in verse 20. To the glory of God forever and ever. So, according our very dear and very own Dr. Michael Bird, the nature of friendship between Paul and Philippians is not kind of business transaction, but rather partnership. Alliance. Paul's frequent of Greek word koinoia, actually twice in this little passage, indicates a special relationship. Mike noticed that Paul did not use word filio, which we quite often relate to friendship, just friendship. He used instead koinoia. end of the letter and begins with thanksgiving. But Paul's writing is far exceed gift-response conversation. The real subject of this passage is not Paul receiving their <coughs> gifts or not thankfulness or joy. Rather, Paul focused on what the gift indicated, a continuing and renewal bond between them and him in the work of gospel. When fundraising as a ministry calls people together in communion with God and with one another 
it must hold out the real possibility of friendship and community. Such a need of friendship and for community that fundraising has to be community building. Attention to his last final greetings. Paul says in 21 to 23, he really reached to the broader church and saying, great, greet all God's people. Send greetings. Oh, yeah, he sent greetings. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. So, it's relations, relations, and relations. In his book, The Church Money Manual, shares the story that one church has done the campaign and the race, the main lead, the main donor, give them 300,000. Not bad, huh? Shortly, the same donor give six million to help build the art center. Cliff Christopher knows this man well, so he asked donor, how you went about determining, determining to give one non-profit organization 300,000 and to another six million? The donor replied, First of all, I view all my charitable donations as investment in changing life for better future. I want to feel that what I'm giving is really make difference. But the real point, it was after this conversation. One interesting fact that he added later was that he has very close relationship with the ch ch chancellor. Chancellor to visit him regularly. He shared about his strategy and dreams for the school and for art center. And Donna comments, he was a very good listener. the chancellor came with this project, sharing how he felt this project would really interest our friend. Finally, he directly asked for six million. And he get it. If he has any sort of relationship with pastors, the answer was, no. He loves his pastors, but no one ever invests time to share their dreams or ask him to, them to participate in the building of kingdom. So, why we feel uncomfortable to talk about money? I invite you to stop and look at 
we're afraid to talk about money and we don't want to get hungry, we're better <laughs> to start sharing our dreams, to check our hearts. Why? And start talking. Stop, look, and go. Thank you.